Hey everybody, Mark DeSalvo here and welcome to the DeSalvo Performance Hour. Thank you for downloading and listening for another week. Uh, this is the first episode of 2020 and uh, ironically enough, the last interview I recorded in 2019. So happy new year as you're listening to this. Uh, I think we're kicking this year off on a really good foot too because uh, my guest today is a really, really great professional in strength and conditioning and in the industry. Um, he's one of those guys that doesn't, uh, he doesn't seek out a lot of attention online uh, or, or otherwise, but is a brilliant mind, uh, a great, great coach, great trainer. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, there's, there's a lot of these guys kind of sprinkled throughout the industry that, you know, you'll run into so many brilliant people that you, you just wouldn't know about if you only followed Instagram, which is why I always encourage people to go and go to gyms and go meet people at seminars and just go train, you know, don't be reading and just watching videos all the time. Just go and train. You're going to meet some really interesting people and you'll be surprised who you rendezvous with down the road. And that's kind of how uh, my guest today and I came together. I met him a little over two years ago in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He owned the Colorado Barbell Club. So uh, if you've ever trained out in Colorado Springs, you, you probably stopped by there at some point in the time it was open. Um, Indirect, or excuse me, I should say directly, uh, we were connected by Charles Poliquin, whom uh, towards the end of his life, uh, Zach was very close with. They were friends, neighbors, um, uh, colleagues, all of those things. Uh, but Zach also brought, brings some really interesting experience to the table and uh, has a lot of other common connections with me in the industry, and we get into that. Um, but now he's over at Performance Enhancement Professionals. That's, for my money, one of the best performance centers in the country. Uh, it's in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, it's run by Ian Danny. And they primarily train uh, professional athletes, uh, particularly known for some of the great work they've done over the years with NFL players. Um, I'm giving you all this background because as you listen to this podcast, you're going to hear us reference some things. So I want to give you the right background and also talk up Zach because he, he does great work. It's a great place. Um, he was kind and gracious enough to show me around uh, when I was just in town a few weeks ago and uh, introduced me to some of the folks over there. And we, uh, we had a good time and really enjoyed uh, recording this podcast. And it was a really great conversation. Um, if you want a little switch up from some of the combat sports, uh, which we do talk about in this podcast because he also loves mixed martial arts and jujitsu. Um, but if you want to hear more about training of NFL athletes and just other industry type stuff or just training, whatever you want to call it, I think you're going to enjoy this one. So please welcome to the show, everybody, Mr. Zach Striva. As we're, we're sitting here at so what, what's the proper name here? Performance Enhancement Professionals? Or? Uh, so the proper name for the building is the Danny Center. Mm -hmm. uh, there's two businesses here. Right. The Supplement Inn, which would be Optimum FX, and then uh, PEP, which is Performance Enhancement Professionals. Awesome. So supplement side, uh, obviously supplements. PEP is all our training, mm -hmm. uh, that type of stuff. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, so for me, I had said to you before that like this, I always... I had read about you know the work that went on here over the years, so I always wanted to see it. I was like, oh, this just sounds like an awesome place. So it's pretty cool to be recording a podcast here. <laughs> it's, it's, actually, it's amazing to yeah, work here. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. No, it looks great. So how did you um, how did you find yourself here? Well, that's a, we talked a little bit yeah, about this yeah. at lunch, so I know we're going over some things. But yeah. For people listening, uh, yeah. Long mm -hmm. story. I'll try and keep it as short as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I had opened a gym with Charles Poliquin uh, last September. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, for those that don't know, died about three weeks later, September 25th. <clears throat> wow, so this, the, it was that soon after. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I remember you guys were building it, and then, yeah, wow. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was real quick after. We, we had the grand opening September 8th, mm-hmm. and then uh, he died September 25th. We found out September 26th. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was a real shock. Uh, anyway, I had met Ian, the owner of this place, um, through Charles about mm-hmm. a year prior to that. And then uh, we kind of reconnected at the grand opening. He was out there. And then uh, for the memorial, he had come back out and uh, we reconnected. Uh, uh, looking back on it, I think he kept trying to bribe me with supplements. <laughs> he started really sending me a lot of supplements. Yeah. Uh, we kind of talked. uh a little bit back and forth and then that February I'd kind of made the decision to uh, give up on the strength and conditioning side I just mm-hmm. felt like I'd been beaten mm-hmm. uh, a bit and so uh, him and I started talking and he had kind of he, he understood that I wanted to get out but he had mentioned you know he was usually short-handed for summertime uh, he said if I had changed my mind you know to hit him up uh, that May I changed my mind <laughs> and then I was back out here I was here out here June 15th started working with him uh, training all those NFL athletes, and uh, next thing you know, I decided to go ahead and move out here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like I said, you were from Colorado, so yeah. coming to Arizona was—we discussed it a bit—a little culture yeah. shock. Yeah, yeah it, it was hard in a lot of ways. Like I, I really like Colorado. I, uh-huh. I love the mountains. Um, I love the scenery. I love the the temperature. Yeah, <laughs> the climate is really built right. for me. Yeah, uh, I don't deal with hot real well. Right, and so yeah. It, I was somewhat resistant to move here based on those things, but I knew if I wanted to stay in strength and conditioning, this was by by far not only my best shot, but originally um, when I got into strength and conditioning, I had started off in college mm-hmm. because I wanted to make it to uh, the NFL to coach NFL athletes. So that was the goal working from the for beginning. a team. That was oh, my very cool. oddly enough, that was my goal. Interesting. Yeah, I talked to a bunch of people who had done it, and they were like, "That's not what you want to do." Right. Uh, right. A strength and conditioning coach in the NFL is a terrible job. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand that now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so I, in a weird way, I ended up exactly where I originally wanted to be because right. out here we're working almost exclusively with NFL. Right. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. That's it's funny like. I, I grew up around like I grew up in Pittsburgh and I grew up around a lot of coaches for the Steelers. Like my my dad um, played college ball, played high school football at a high level, and had a lot of friends that either went on to do things in in football or um, or he just made friends like in football yeah. just just on that like just had might have had nothing to do with it. But anyway, so like in growing up in Pittsburgh, I grew up around a lot of. Um, like a lot of football, Pittsburgh's yeah. a football town, and I I played hockey, but um, and I had this thought in my head too, like I would want to work for a team yeah. and do that thing. And um, but once we started moving, and like for my dad's job, we moved all the time, and I was like, fuck, I hate this. Yeah. And then I would see like a close friend of ours who coached for the Steelers and a lot of other teams, still coaches, like moves all the time, and like he's my dad's age, you know, he's in his sixties now, and he's been moving every few years, like yeah. since he was in his twenties. And I was just like, fuck, I don't want that life. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I God bless the people who can do it, yeah. and do it, and that's awesome. And I'm sure it's so much fun to work with yeah. those guys, but I wasn't sure I could do it, and that was what pushed me towards the private, is because I wanted to sort of set down roots. Yeah. Like when we were talking downstairs with Paris, I was just saying he asked if I like New York. I was like, I do and I don't, but 
like I've moved so much. I like having roots in a place. And yeah, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn's kooky and fun, I and I like that. You know. Uh, so my deterrent to it was uh, when talking to guys is that a strength and conditioning coach for an NFL team doesn't really get he doesn't really get to work with the players. Certainly oh, not the star ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets blamed for everything that goes wrong. Yeah, interesting. On top of that, you're signing up to coach to do strength and conditioning for 50 plus guys, which is a nightmare. Right. Even if you even if you had all year with them, you wouldn't uh, really get to uh, really get to to have any kind of impact because there's just no way you can truly train 50 guys. Yeah. One on one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all the feedback I was getting from every guy who interesting had, who had gone to do it and. Uh, so oddly enough, I had switched to physical therapy. Oh, interesting. And then I yeah. went and talked to physical therapist friends, and they were like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, you, you'll actually have much more impact in strength and conditioning. Right, right. And at, at the time, I had already met Matt Winning mm-hmm. and was already kind of moving in that direction. So I was like, I'm just going to, instead of wasting my time, and I'm an Army veteran, so I have a GI Bill, but instead of wasting my time and the government's money, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go learn from the best people to do it. Right. And oddly enough, those people aren't professors and colleges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very counterintuitive. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know if you found this, but it was weird while I was doing it because I can remember when I went all in. Um, that was when I met Steve Maxwell. Yeah. And I knew that I needed somebody like that to kind of sort of guide me through, mm-hmm. take me under their wing. But, you know, people are always saying, why don't you go to PT school? Why don't you yeah. go there? And it's like, that seems like the right thing to it do. It does. And it's, yeah. I felt a lot of conflict. Like, I loved my time with Steve, but I was always like, should I be doing some, like, yeah. something? But no, because at the end no, of the day, no. you get a certificate or whatever it is. And yes, a great education, but yeah. you don't have the, the con- you don't, I, you don't I, really have the, the day-to-day or what would you call it? Hands-on knowledge, I guess. I don't, yeah, the practical Practical, the, that's the what I'm practical, looking for. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't even know that it's a great education. Yeah, um, that's what Charles would always say too. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just uh, like yeah. as an example, and truthfully, this guy doesn't even realize it. But he was actually the biggest nail in the coffin for me going to college for strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, he had three degrees, two of them masters. It was like exercise science and exercise phys or something along those lines. I right, what the bachelor's was in. Yeah, a sports psychology might have been in there. One of them. Right. Um, now me, uh, fresh out of the army at the time, was a, I'm a high school dropout. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't have any. I don't have much formal education. Right. Some college, but I didn't stick to much of it. I was teaching him how to squat, bench, deadlift, and how to program. Yeah, and he's <laughs> and he's got three. And I was like, what, what am I doing? This is a complete waste of my time. Yeah. Um, I think college is great for some uh, professions where you, you really need to get. Uh, you know, that's very standardized, like medicine and type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem with a lot of, I mean, a lot, a lot of college uh, views on strength and conditioning is they're just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's exactly. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, it's true. Yeah. It's, just, there's no other way of saying it. They're just wrong about so much. Right. Um, you know, I, it was funny because I was taking the seminar. Um, and, and got to meet this Olympic coach, Dr. Alfredo Herrera, who I know yeah. Charles liked a lot. Yeah, and, no, um, yeah. and he's really funny and like, yeah, like he's hilarious. And, and his translator is a guy I know from New York also, and Puerto Rican guy. And like he, he can pick up on all the little nuances of like the jokes he's making or just like the certain references or certain strength things. And one thing he said, like someone would ask him about like this or that study, and he would be like, we did it in the 80s in the Soviet Union. I already know what's going to happen. Like, we already <laughs> yeah, did this. So it was exactly. like all these things. So it's like, yeah. it, it just feels, it would feel futile, you yeah. know, in a way. Well, it, you know? it, 
uh, yeah. I forget who I heard say this, but it was the most accurate thing I've ever heard is that sports science is nothing but sports history. Mm-hmm. Oh, when it comes to mm-hmm. exercise science, all we're doing is taking what people were already doing in the weight room yeah. and trying to figure out why it worked. Right. Where we really run into a problem is when science tries to start first. Yeah. They try to go, this is why you should do that. And it's almost never true. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. I, I would sooner hire Ed Cohn to write any program in the world right. than I would anyone with a doctorate degree. Yeah. In anything. Right. Like, it's just he has a far better understanding because he squatted a thousand pounds right. than most people would. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the <clears throat> when you especially in strength like i've heard coaches say some version of this before that it's all like people say like oh you don't understand my sport or whatever and it's like yeah "Yeah, there's different demands for sports but at the end of the day i think if you have a really solid understanding of strength like in a practical sense you will probably do like 80 percent of the work that really needs to be done for a lot of these athletes i don't know if you'd agree no i would structural balance i think you're what you're kind of leaning to is structural yeah exactly structural balance is always the same yeah i I know very successful coaches who all they do Mm -hmm. is bring athletes back to structural balance yeah right i would say that's probably most of what i do yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's it's really all you need i have often told uh clients here that if Mm -hmm. they just came in and got therapy with us Mm -hmm. they would see huge improvement Right. If they just came in and did 12 weeks of therapy, no football training, right. no weight training, just get, regaining that range of motion back, they would see mm-hmm. massive improvements. Right. <clears throat> so it's not – what's funny is my training today is probably simpler than it's ever been, yet my knowledge base is much larger than it's ever been. Right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's helped me kind of narrow it down, and you realize it's not, uh, it's not as complicated as some people try to make it to be. Right. I, I spent a lot of time searching – I mean, I spent a lot of time with Charles trying to get that the one nugget of knowledge. Like, oh, he does something different. But yeah, it's not. that's interesting. It's some of the simplest training I've right. ever seen. Yeah, it's true. We were talking about that at lunch. It, I think that's what I always loved about his programming more than anything. It, it always made sense. Like yeah. once you understood the basics, like mm-hmm. his chart for the rep range yeah. and everything else, it's like it all made sense. Yeah, you just someone, plug it in. Yeah, someone would say like, "I want this," or "I want to be." Uh, I want, you know, I want a bigger, bigger biceps. Yeah. It's like, all right, hypertrophy. You yeah, know? yeah, like yeah. let's figure this out. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. No, course, it's, but, it's pretty close. But it, yeah, it's, it's exactly. Very simple. Yeah. 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 Um, how did you meet Charles originally? Uh, so we'll we'll go back to how I met Matt because that's how I. Oh, met that's Charles. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Matt Winning uh, was hired by the Army mm-hmm. to uh, essentially teach us how to use weightlifting to improve our uh, performance. Right. Right. The army is still stuck in Vietnam era with thinking where you need to run two miles, uh, do 80 push-ups, do 80 sit-ups, and that's yeah. somehow a perfect score Right. that in no way translates to actual army activities, right? Right. Uh, I did nine years in the army, uh, two deployments to Afghanistan. The only time I ran in tennis shoes was PT. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just not, it's, nothing about it is realistic. You right. Know, uh, and, and we suffered a lot of injuries because of it. A lot of back injuries. There's a lot of knee injuries. You're taking kids who are, you know, are 18 years old, maybe 135 pounds, and you're loading with 120 pounds worth of gear yeah. and tell them to go walk around with it. Yeah, yeah. Without, give, without it giving any, any kind of structural balance. Right. right. Uh, there are, and, and on top of that, they're coming to uh, the Army already uh, fairly untrained because mm-hmm. it's just the way today is. Yeah. Uh, and it's not to hate on this generation. The reality is if this generation doesn't grow up with an iPad, they're not going to be successful. Right. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a problem with the Army and not identifying a problem 
because it's very easy for the army to just say, okay, well, you're broken. We'll get rid of you. Right. We'll just bring another person in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they brought Matt in. I was, because my commander played a role in bringing him out, I was the first class in. Uh, Matt and I hit it off. Mm-hmm. I talked to my commander. I was like, hey, let me just, he was out there for a few months to train the whole unit. Uh-huh. I was like, let me just hang out with him for the next few months. Mm-hmm. And luckily they obliged. Uh, so after that, you know, I would have, I would go out to Matt's for a couple weeks every year. Oh, cool. And train with him and just kind of learn what he was doing new, mm-hmm. uh, different. And then I think it was uh, 2014, I had Matt out for a seminar at the gym I was working out at the time. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Matt and Charles had been talking about doing a seminar together. Mm-hmm. So Charles was like, hey, could I come to it? And of course, we were all like, of, of course you can fucking come yeah, to yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Nah. laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Matt's doing his seminar and uh, Charles and I are in the back just bullshitting, mm-hmm. just laughing about things going on in the room and whatnot. And we, had, we ended up hitting, he loved the military, so he loved, you know, hearing combat stories and that type of stuff. Right. And so we really hit it off. And then uh, it turned out he only lived like 30 minutes, from, not even 30 minutes, 20 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, ended up hanging out quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. I mean, it, what was the craziest thing is I can remember as a kid when I was trying to learn about strength training, like yeah. eighth grade, right? Right. I was trying to get into football. I wanted to yeah. put on size. Buying creatine to the trilabs creatine chewables. Yeah. <laughs> Chewable I, creatine. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. It was yeah. orange flavor. I don't even remember that. Yeah. It was all crazy, yeah. Uh, I think awful. it was trilabs that made it. Yeah. Uh, I can remember reading Charles' articles, mm-hmm. like just stumbling across. I had no idea who he was. I was just yeah. trying to absorb as much information as I could. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one day, this is probably two summers ago, I was leaving his house. He was out of town. I had a key to his house. I was leaving his house after training Helen Maroulis. Uh-huh. You know, gold medalist, uh, yeah. Olympian wrestler, uh, one of his most prized, you know, athletes. Yeah. And it dawned on me how crazy what was going on. Yeah, was, yeah, right. right yeah. My girlfriend had kind of brought it up. She's like, "It's kind of crazy." It's what I'm like. It's really crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, here I am, admired this guy as a kid, mm-hmm. and now I have a key to his house, and I'm training athletes out of his house. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a really cool time to, to have with him. <clears throat> That's awesome. That those those moments tend to hit you like that. Yeah. Like you don't really realize them. It's it's like a gift when it happens. In the it moment really was when yeah. you're like, wow, this is yeah. Yeah, this it, is it did crazy. because yeah, and you know, building your own gym, you kind of yeah. just put your head down and you're like, I have to survive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not an easy business to get into. No, yeah. You know, once you're established, it gets a little bit easier, but it's it's a grind for the most part. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so you don't have a lot of time to appreciate. Uh, yeah, your success. Yeah. <clears throat> And yes, and I mean, yeah, and realizing that moment, I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of made it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like this, 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 this worked. Yeah, yeah it yeah, worked. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because yeah. yeah, like besides the fact, like having a key to Charles Poliquin's house on its own is a yeah, <laughs> is it, it's, it's like not a, a lot of people. Yeah, wild in itself. But then Helen yeah. Marilla is kind of at the top of her fame. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm biased, but. I mean, she's huge in like my world. Uh, in people. mine too. Yeah, yeah. like I love yeah. Olympic sports. Yeah. Right? Well, funny mm-hmm. enough, as much as I want to train NFL athletes, mm-hmm. I don't watch the NFL. Oh, really? At all? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they try to talk to me about it, and I'm like, right, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The reason I always wanted to is because I've always known they are the greatest athletes. Yeah, like, the best athletes. You go can't. To the there's NFL, no yeah. one who can argue that. With yeah. There's no one who has a harder job mm-hmm. than what they do and has to perform at the level they do it. At. Right. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and the second you get the small injury the next guy is ready to take that money yeah so you have to always be on your game right yeah. Yeah. and i really appreciate it. i also 
don't care for the way they're treated. And I like that I can help uh, kind of mitigate some of that. Yeah, I know. that's a good point. I, I think about that a lot with yeah. the way they're treated. I think you actually summed that up perfectly in like two sentences. Yeah. Like that it's You have to perform when you need to perform. Yeah. And if you're not ready to, there's yeah. always a, a there's There's a hungry dude at the bottom yeah. who's ready to get paid. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's truly wild yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Do you were you ever a fan of football or not? Like, not really. So I played football in high school, but mm. I, I didn't grow up with a father figure around, so mm. I never really had anybody to watch it. And I, th- yeah. I think that's a lot to do with it. Yeah, because that was kind of that kind of became the American. Yeah, I think pastime. that's most yeah. people like they grow up with yeah. their dad watching it. So yeah. They kinda, mm-hmm. So I'm, I was playing football, and I was actually doing pretty well for someone who didn't understand the game at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, I knew as a strong safety, I needed to hit the guy with the ball. Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty much what yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was good at it, but yeah, I would have certainly been better had I understood the game. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh well, that's a that's a, safety's a position that even though you have to hit the guy with the ball, free safety or not free, or, I was strong safety. Strong safety, okay. Yeah, yeah. So say, you still have to know something. Yeah, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for me, over the years, I, growing up in a place like Pittsburgh, where everyone's football obsessed, like yeah. you can't n- avoid it. And yeah. I was, so, I loved hockey so much more. Like that was the thing. But I, yeah. you still found yourself like how do I know so much about football <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like oh because I watched a ton of games it's like but yeah. I, I'm yeah it was weird yeah. it was weird it was like how did this happen yeah because yeah. I do even when we were just talking downstairs I was like yeah he's like the year the Packers won the yeah. Super Bowl like, yeah they beat the Steelers <laughs> and I was, yeah. yeah it's like how yeah. do I know that I don't know yeah. any of that people yeah. will ask me all the time because you know I have friends who know I train mm-hmm. with athletes and they'll ask me I have no idea yeah honestly this and people have asked me do you want to watch now and there's a part of me that wants to see my guys play. At the same time, I don't want to see them get hurt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know like, I hate watching jujitsu yeah. for that reason. Anyone I've worked with, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I can't. Like I when can't they share uh, videos of them getting sacks and stuff, oh, it hypes me up. But uh-huh. I don't want to see when it goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. There's no part of me that wants to see that. No, so definitely I'll just watch not. Their highlights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I could definitely relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's weird like that. Yeah. That's. That was something I had heard at a seminar. I was like, my first year doing this stuff professionally, I went out to Colorado Springs to the NSCA. They oh, did yeah. they did a um, they did like a combat sports symposium. Yeah, and they had like Scott Caulfield that runs the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah he kind of hosted it, yeah. and um, um, he invited kind of. It was a good. It was actually really good. I know they've done it now. They do it at the UFC Performance Institute, mm. but um, I haven't been when they did that. I just went to this one, and Lauren Landau was there. The, yeah. yeah, the coach. He's coached the Broncos and has yeah. a bunch of places in Colorado. Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, I don't really like going to the fights." And I, yeah. I remember I was like, "Oh, that's weird. I would feel like you're so invested <laughs> and whatever." Yeah. But now that I've been doing this, it's like when they're, they're telling me they have a fight or they've got this tournament, yeah. I'm like, "I'll go if you want me." There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah I'll go if you absolutely need me to help. I, I understand I it. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. I was at the time I was like, "Oh, that's really foreign that he said that." And then I was like, that's really weird. And then well, the, now I totally get it. The problem is I think if you if you are a good coach, you develop real feelings for yeah. your clients. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and you don't like you really don't want to see something bad happen to them. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean I think the I've certainly been around and actually the person I was referencing earlier who didn't know how to program squat, bench, and deadlift, he mm-hmm. is one who loves going to the game. But he that's he likes building his image off of that. Yeah. Um which is wrong for a number of reasons, in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not for me. Yeah. No, definitely. It gets, yeah. It's, um, I, I understand. I, I feel like, well, maybe you 
could glean this from like Charles being around Charles is that he was sort of the master of sort of I feel like marketing and like championing his client's accomplishments without it being like that slimy sort of thing the way that like, oh, the way you just described oh you know? my god there's no one who was better I know that's the thing <laughs> I always think of him I'm like god he was so fucking good at that and not just you his know? clients but his students yes I mean Charles very good point if, yes. if you're a personal trainer making more than fucking $40 an hour right now yeah you owe it to Charles Poliquin oh yeah and if you're one in the north of 100 it's probably because you're one of Charles' students yeah I mean, Charles was the first one to really demand big money as a strength coach. And he was laughed at at first until he started producing results. Right. But yeah, and the thing is, is that it wasn't so much a marketing thing for Charles. He, that's yeah, genuinely, that, genuinely how he felt. That's a good point. Like, he, 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 when, he, when you reached a certain level of coach, he would let you know. I mean, yeah. I, he comp- complimented me a few times and it felt super fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, no, I'm not there yet. Yeah. You know, uh, but he would make you take it. You could never turn down a compliment from him. Right, right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's... That's a good point. I, I never thought of it like that, but it's it's very true. Yeah, yeah. but I you're right that he did that for his the other coaches. Oh my trainers. god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, once you're once once in in his eyes you were successful as a coach, he would parade you about. He mm-hmm. would tell everyone about you. Right. I mean, uh, if if he had confidence that you were good at what you did, he would celebrate. Yeah. He was never one to be like, oh no, I'm I'm the best. You need to come to me. That was yeah. not. No, that definitely was not yeah. him. Yeah. I think that that's an important sort of trait to sort of have even when you're with athletes because like at least with like combat athletes there it's like it's that grind that head down and always grind mentality and it's like sometimes that was like an early thing I implemented with a lot of people's programs once I started getting high level people interested in training with me was I'd be like all right if something good happened it's like yeah okay this is the good job, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's fucking awesome. Yeah, like, like sure. go yeah. celebrate, like, go yeah. out with your wife, go do something, you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. Cause I, th- I always felt like that was important. It doesn't mean that you sit and live in it, yeah. but like you have to, I think that's a part of the, yeah, the, yeah. there's like the ebb and flow of all of this, the, the mental side of, yeah. yeah. See, I, I believe in, I, I, I'm obviously from the army, so I, I mm-hmm. have, I'm very reluctant to give praise. Yeah. But when I do, like anytime I did, my clients always knew they had earned it. Right. Um, I'm, I won't pat you on the back for doing what you're supposed to do. I yeah. pat you on the back for going above and beyond what you're supposed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has its ups and downs. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> definitely. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. really have to find your clients. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's worked for me. <clears throat> I think that's kind of true of any sort of uh, of any coaching style. You yeah. kind of have to find the people that the people like that measure. You, yeah, because sure. that's that's the thing is I don't think there's one person who's like a perfect fit for everybody. No. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of people who listen to this are like, and it's like young life now, or are like younger coaches and trainers, and mm. those are some of the questions I get sometimes. Yeah. Are people um, saying like they have this problem with a client or that problem with an athlete and I'm like it might just not be a personality yeah. I mean, you might be fucking up or it might just yeah. not be a personality match well, and you know? I held on to that for like we were talking about yeah. earlier I held on to that forever and one of the greatest things Charles ever did for me was convince me that I could fire clients Yeah, and, and that not only could I fire them but that I would get after I fired them I would get better clients at a higher rate mm-hmm. and it was 100% true Yeah, I, I mean there was even times where I just sat clients down and I'm like look this I have this other coach mm-hmm. who, who's Completely different business, right? But they would be a much better fit for what you want to do, right? Like, um, like I'm very much like we talked about earlier. I'm not huge on coaching gen pop. Yeah, I want someone who has a clear goal. Yeah, it's very easy for me to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. 
they're also much more driven. It's why I love working with Olympic athletes. Yeah. Uh, there's no one who's more driven. Oh yeah. Uh, they just, it's just unfortunate. It's, you have to find a way to get paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't have money. Do you think that's in this country? Because I have like two questions to follow up on that one. With the yeah, Olympic sure. athletes, do you think that's because the a lot of other countries have more state sponsorship and we don't, or do you think it's because we just not are not interested in the sports it, in a population? It's one hundred percent. It's it's our level of capitalism. Uh, now, this is not to be clear. This is not me bashing capitalism. Yeah. I love capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the, the best thing ever. But uh, there are some downsides to it. And one of them is the Olympic side. Mm -hmm. uh, we just don't. We we love celebrating when Michael Phelps gets twenty eight gold medals. Yeah, but we don't like talking about the fact that we didn't help him in any way. Right. That the guy who got second to him, uh, Ryan uh, Lochte. Lochte. Yeah. His parents are bankrupt. Oh wow. We don't talk about. Yeah, that. yeah. Because that's not fun to talk about. Right. Um, I do like. And I still work with some Olympic athletes. I wish they had more support. I'm not sure how you go about getting to that place though. Yeah. Because um, the. Yeah, it's the popular and part of it is that America's just they don't enjoy individual sports. Right. They really like the tribal aspects of teams. Yeah. Um, and whereas when you go to Europe and stuff, they're uh, they're much more appreciative of in individual sports. Yeah. I love individual. I grew up skateboarding, BMX. I always have too. Yeah. Yeah, I love individual sports. Mm -hmm. I tell these guys all the time, like I would love to see uh, Ashawn Robinson as a guy we train. Right. Mm -hmm. He's six foot eight, three twenty. Probably north of a 34 inch vertical. Yeah. He can move like he's a freak. I yeah. would love to see him in the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna he say, can yeah. walk in with a little bit of training and probably dominate. Yeah. He's a freak. Uh, if anyone, if any of your fans f follow college football, yeah. he's the Alabama player that jumped over the LSU line during the championship and blocked the field goal. Oh my God. He yeah. did that at 300 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's like they need to add a super heavy division to the UFC. Yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> when you see all of these guys on the field, though, it's all moving at the same speed. So it's not that impressive. So you, like these guys are incredible athletes. Yeah, it, and you just don't get to see it. it yeah, it bums me out in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, although if they went anywhere else, sports would be ruined for the rest of us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is a good perspective point with the NFL that they're all so good that it's yeah. like you see the you see them next to one another. Yeah. You you, you lose appreciation for. We it, need like you know? one normal guy on the field. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just to yeah. watch him get crushed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Because it would happen. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. conversely, it's also why you see in the UFC, like, um, with Greg Hardy and uh, what's his name? Um, OSP, yeah. Open St. Pru. Like, both guys that played football at a really high level yeah. and could step in with minimal, exp like, um, like, tools yeah. and excel. Yeah. Like, you know, OSP, like, just let freak. him let him bake more. He just yeah. needs more skills, yeah, like yeah. in martial arts, and then he's gonna be he's gonna be yeah. ruining people. Mm -hmm. I mean, he already figured out how to twister people all the time, <laughs> right? so just give him a little he's time. A I mean, yeah. he almost beat John Jones. He did exactly. And yeah. John Jones, his two older brothers, NFL athletes. Mm -hmm. He could never make it in the NFL. Oh yeah, and he'll tell you to this day his brothers can still kick his ass. Yeah, I've heard him say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's a freak, man. It's it's crazy to see. Yeah. Yeah. Individual sports are so interesting, I think, and um, people who are involved in them, I think that is kind of like the plight. It's like the money's just not there. Yeah. They have to find it in other ways. <clears throat> do, you, do you think that, because um, we were talking a little bit when we were driving about, you know, 
posting on Instagram or taking yeah. supplement sponsors or taking yeah. whatever. Do you think that there's opportunity there for that to maybe help the sport or it's probably not enough? I, th- I think that's actually the biggest part of it. So uh, I was working with, uh, I was telling you about a track cyclist. He's a kid, mm-hmm. 15 years old. Uh, he's actually 16 now. Uh, dedicated beyond belief. This kid, uh, they plan on going to the Olympics at 2028. Mm-hmm. At 15, so yeah, he's, he's already yeah. planning now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Um, the first day I meet this kid, I ask him about his diet. He tells me he eats a bunch of candy. Uh-huh. I tell him to stop. He immediately stops. Yeah. There's a 50, I can't get adults to stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and when I was talking with him, we were trying to come up with ways to raise money to help him travel, help him pay me. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I was already kind of sponsoring to help him take some of the burden off the family. Yeah. Um, that was a big part of our talks was like, look, we can go around. I'll go with you business to business and we can try and get people. But you have to understand when you showed up to my doorstep, I had no idea what track cycling was. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to get out there and show people, get, you have to make people interested in your sport. Yeah. I get, because I, I was the same way in powerlifting. I just went into my bubble. You know, I would post stuff online. I didn't do hashtags. I didn't mm-hmm. want to promote it. It was a way of me keeping track of my training. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was not going to be the one that led a bunch of eyes to powerlifting. Right. And I get not wanting to be that guy, but if you really want your sport to succeed and you want to eventually be able to make money in what you're doing, yeah. people have to want to see it. Yeah. And you <laughs> might have to be that guy. Yeah. You, you kind of have to get put yourself out there. Yeah. Especially if you're looking to pay for it. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, just, you're not going to get people to give you money for things they just don't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The reason I ask is because a lot of the sports I'm interested in. Jiu-jitsu struggles. Jiu-jitsu especially. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Like we were talking about before, I feel like they're they're on the cusp because there are some people who really earn like Gordon Ryan should be Gordon proof. Ryan Garrettona yeah they should yeah. be proof to the younger guys out there that you can do this but yeah. you just have to and if you go back to another podcast I did with RC or Ruth Child Saint Germain he's a guy that um, he's a brown belt under Marcelo Garcia and he also owns a apparel company and jiu-jitsu equipment company yeah. but him and I see completely eye to eye on this that like sponsorship does not mean I gave you a free rash guard or I gave you yeah. like free a free gi it's like yeah. don't let them just give that to no, you yeah. you you are giving them so much more than they are getting with that yeah. like even if it's like a, like $300 a month $500 yeah. a month in, in your uh, a lower belt take it or, I mean, like, it, or it, demand it or just it, counter with it it should be mutually beneficial as a yes. person like as a person who sets up influencers mm-hmm. for the supplement company, if you have two thousand followers, I can't pay you three hundred dollars a month because yeah. you, you never you you need to be bringing in a thousand yeah. for me to make to justify that. Right? Yeah. Um, now, if you've got a million followers, mm-hmm. then absolutely, I'm coming to the table with money right away. Yeah. Right. Um, I think you should always the money should always be involved, but it may be. It's a matter of working out how the money can come about. Right. right? That's a good So point. with our lower yeah. level guys, we give you a percentage of what you make, mm-hmm. of what you of what you sell. Right. I can't think of a way that would better represent yeah. what you're moving, right? I right. mean, I could so let's say I'll give you $300 a month if you sell $2,000 worth of profit. Well, that's still a percentage yeah. of what I'm selling anyway. So I I would prefer just keep increasing the percentage rate for me, right? Cuz it's a direct reflection. We can just agree on a percentage that works for both of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather go that route again because I have to worry about an overhead. Yeah. And I agree. I'm not, I would never go to someone. I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to throw you some free products, sell my shit. Yeah. Yeah. I would never agree to that. So I'm never going to ask anyone. Yeah, exactly. And I know there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, especially in the fitness world. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's some, you know, a free fucking pre-workout. I need you to do four posts this month. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. 
Or some cocaine laced for creatine or something. Uh, yeah. it, you, you need to be very realistic with, with what you're bringing to the table. And the problem I've experienced is a lot of Instagram people are not that realistic with what they're actually... Yes. They think they're much more valuable than they are. Right. Um, and there are some people who are very valuable. Right. But, uh, you know, there are some people... You know, we have athletes who most of who follow them are football fans. Mm-hmm. Those people don't buy supplements. Right. So the reality is, is like, even if you have a million followers, most of your... Your people don't buy supplements now. Versus, if I have someone uh, say who is uh, Vicky Victoria uh, mm. Anthony, who's a wrestler, right? A lot of the people who follow her are wrestlers, right? They take supplements, right? Exactly. So I can see more value in that, right? Than some of the football players, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it is hard to negotiate, but, and you just you need to you need to find a company that you like, right? One that you believe in the products first, so that way it doesn't feel like you're hustling people. You should come into a like try the supplements first, or right. try the, the rash guard first. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's something you truly care about, and then go back to the table and negotiate something. Yeah, like exactly. Um, and it, and it, and it has to always keep in mind that both of you have to, to benefit off of it. Right. right. We, don't, we don't start businesses to give money away. Right. Uh, yeah. and none, none of us are ch- charity organizations. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, at the same time, I like I was. I was in powerlifting. I know there's no money in it. I know how hard those guys work. Yeah. To be there, I've done jujitsu. I know how fucking hard it is. Yeah. It's an impossible sport. Yeah. Uh, you should get something back for it. Right. Sure. Yeah. And at the same time, growing your sport through sponsorships is a way to get more eyes on your sport and eventually bring more money. Like, uh, I mean, they're offering more money in jujitsu than ever before at some of these tournaments now. Yeah. Exactly. Guys are walking away with 15, 20,000 bucks. Yeah. For winning a jujitsu tournament. That's incredible. Spider Korea was 100,000. The first. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Insect- I promise yeah. you, if you'd have went to the Gracies in the 90s and said that's where yeah. it was going, they'd have said no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. They, were tell- they were trying to tell people, come beat us up and we'll yeah. give you 100 grand. Yeah, we'll but, pay you yeah. if you can beat us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no one could. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that yeah. was the thing. Uh, so but yeah, I mean, I think it, it's important to market if you care about your sport and you really want it to go somewhere. As unfortunate as it is, that's the world we're in today. Yeah. You need to market it, mm-hmm. um, and it and the more people from your sport you can get on board with marketing it, the easier it'll be and the faster the sport will grow. Right. Um, yeah. No, I think that if you like just cut that little segment right there, that's kind of like the most real words you'll get on that subject <laughs> because it's true. You know, yeah. it goes both ways, like yeah, you said, yeah. and that. that <laughs> That was a very uh, that was a very balanced view well, of it, I've, you know. I, th- I think that's... I think I'm in a good position because I've been an athlete and I'm just now stepping into this position. Right, of, exactly. Of trying to recruit people, so I don't I don't want to fuck people and I don't want them pushing a product. They don't. Yeah. I, like I said, I came to this company because I believed in the product years before. Yeah. I uh, even met Ian. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's how I ended up here. I, I would never push something that I didn't believe in. Right. Uh, it's just not in me. I know there are a lot of people who are cool with it. Yeah, uh, the Brad Castleberries of the world. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Honestly, no, you, so. you should have. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's true. It's uh, that's. I do you think that there's just to kind of like pick at that subject a little. Do you think that because doing a sport like jujitsu, powerlifting, any individual sport, it just requires, even NFL too, anything, yeah. requires so much dedication, but then having to promote yourself on top of that. Like, do you think, do you see there that diluting the athlete at all? Uh, or would I, you be I, concerned I, as a coach? Like, I get you know? where you're, it, the thing is, is that you don't have to do. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, I, I, and I appreciate yeah. it. Because uh, yeah. I know this will be some of the, the thoughts. It's been the thought in my own head. Yeah. I was like, I'll be distracted by it. Yeah. Um, it, 
and sure there, there could be some of that. I think it would be very important, especially like talk with your coach and yeah. say, Hey, what can we do to try and promote this? What would, yeah. what would be good times for us to take pictures? Cause a lot of it is all you need is like post a video. Yeah. I mean, people like jujitsu is really cool to watch. If you yeah. can, at the end of a session, break down something simple, post a video of it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for watching. That's probably enough. Yeah. I, like I don't, I think when people hear me say promote, they think, um, Hey, I need to be like a salesperson. I don't even, I tell my, our, our people, I don't want you to be like that. Yeah. I want you to, to talk about the product like you would. Right. Like if, if you take it before your workout, talk right. about that. I right. don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like talk about it exactly how you would use it and, mm-hmm. it, and the way you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, all of our athletes tried our products first. Right. For weeks, some of them. And then right. they were like, Hey, no, this is something I want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying that I was I, wor- I was wondering if it would ever take away from the the development of the athlete. Or I the think sport it just itself, needs to be you know? planned. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we can look at. I mean, every sport that has a lot of money today, they were promoting it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. A, you people have to first. People have to know your sport, mm-hmm. right? Jiu-jitsu, like jujitsu is a good reference. I think you have a lot of jujitsu guys. I mean, yeah. Anyone who's known jujitsu since the nineties. Yeah. Like it, you didn't really hear about it until like 2003, 2004, yeah. five. And now it's, it's a, one, yeah, now it's a word everyone knows. Yeah, so, now yeah. everyone knows jiu-jitsu. People, yeah. you know, uh, there's way more people watching UFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you could even talk to a lot of people who, today who have stepped into martial arts studios at some point just to try something. Yeah. Uh, where it was not the same right. uh, in the 90s. Yeah, no, it's uh, very true. And, and what, did the, what did the Gracies did? They took... Mm-hmm. Their style, they said, look, we're going to throw it in front of everyone. Right. And we're going to promote the shit. Exactly. Yeah. And they did. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they tur- it eventually turned into a $4 billion company. That's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's uh, a really good point that there was that after the the sort of like pollination of jujitsu, like yeah. after the Maeda, Gracie, like come together and the, yeah. you know, Elio and, and his brother innovating and it, letting it bake a little and teaching his sons. Yeah. It was, it was a concerted business plan. Yeah. Basically. Like, it really, like yeah. if you look at the, let's make money off of the this, Gracie yeah. thing. It's a beautiful thing. Like yeah. it was a beautiful way of building a business that the yeah. whole family got to participate in yeah, yeah. and doing something that their family created. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really an amazing story, but they promoted the fuck out of it. Yeah. Like it's true. They were inviting everyone to try and beat them. Yeah. I mean, true. Hickson went around the world looking for people to beat him. Yeah. That wasn't because he thought he was going to lose to someone. Right. It was because he knew he was going to win and it was going to benefit the, the family. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And I think even from a promotional aspect now, it's kind of easier than ever because like, oh, all, yeah. all you have to do is like take a cool picture. Yeah. You, know you mean? don't it's have like, to start a UFC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You yeah. can just, I mean, there are women on. Uh, Instagram who do nothing but take pictures of their ass yeah. and they have 8 million followers. Yeah. They're pulling 25, 30K a month yeah. on Instagram. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. it, That's like, yeah. I mean, if you have a real talent, you should be ashamed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. But I even think about that. It's kind of it's kind of how... Uh, it shows you how we'll always make things harder on ourselves than they have to be sometimes. Yeah. Like, that's like, uh, from a, a mental standpoint, I guess. Like... I look at the pictures that are taken here. They look great. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, like even at my gym, some of the pictures are really cool the way they yeah. come out, but it's like, we're just working out. Yeah. <laughs> we're just yeah. like, but like, people I love didn't, seeing I did, yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah. like pose that. It was just, yeah, yeah. he was doing a pull up with like 90 pounds on him. So I yeah. took a picture, you know, I mean, you, you know? should see some of the guys in here who yeah. have the biggest uh, followings. They're in, they're like Snapchatting the whole time. Yeah. And they're not, 
Like, I make fun of them. So I'm like, bro, you're benching 275. Yeah. No one wants to see them. Yeah. But they've got a million people watching them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't post my lifts. I'm like, like no one wants to see me, like, struggle I mean, at 200. It's just yeah. me giving them shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People do want to watch yeah. it. I mean, it's true. This is a time where the people who don't like moving really like watching people move. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. And you get these, like, this is another thing, too, like, in... This is like a long anecdote, but in jujitsu, people always be like, yeah, that guy's huge. He's whatever. But then it's like you spend some time, like my girlfriend loves strongman. So like we always, we'll go to the Arnold watch the strongman. Like we, I trained at this strongman gym in Brooklyn for a while. And like he was friends with Brian Shaw and like, yeah. and Big Z and all these guys. Yeah. So you'd just be at the gym one day and you just look over in the corner and Big Z is just sitting there like this. And I'm like around all these massive people. Yeah. People in jiu-jitsu are like, oh, he's so big. Like like talking about some guy in the gym. I was like, he's not no. big. Yeah. You know, or like people would be like, well, he's got a monster bench. And I'm like, well, you can't say that when yeah. you see But so I got, you get ruined to these yeah. things. But then you have to realize, oh, and I always think of Charles saying like to understand, stand in the middle, you have to understand the extremes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so yeah. like, all right, on one uh, side, like Ed Cone, Big Z yeah. here. Like, you know, person who's never lifted yeah. a weight here. And that's, so let's, let's adjust. And I have to do that to myself sometimes. That's like, what I explain to people too. Like yeah. I, I've never been impressed by a football player lifting weights. Yeah. But it's because I'm very, I've spotted people squatting a thousand. Yeah. Right. I've, I've, I've lifted off for people benching 600. Yeah. So my, my views are very skewed. Right. Uh, yeah. But speaking of Brian, uh, we had, uh, Charles and I actually worked with Brian uh, oh, that's a few cool. years back. He's such a nice dude. And yeah. he's super nice. Yeah. Dude. yeah. Uh, but we were treating him and uh-huh. I'm working on his forearms. Mm-hmm. It's like working on someone's fucking thigh. <laughs> <I can imagine. laughs> There's a picture of it of me on uh, Instagram. Uh-huh. Working on, and you I can think see, I've seen it. Yeah. I have like I'm like grabbing his forearm, like my hand's completely open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's so massive. Yeah, too. he's an enormous human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. true. That is, it's that's crazy. He's an enormous human being. Uh, like he made Eddie Hall look small. Oh, he, he, then, I mean, he makes most people look yeah. tiny. Yeah, and then he made. I remember because they were standing next to one another, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and Eddie Hall's six yeah. two, four hundred pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that it's all perspective. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, research shows that there's no reason for an athlete to squat over two and a half times body weight. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So if you can get, and truthfully, you're probably more at the two and two, the two and a quarter would probably be a little more ideal for most. Yeah. So there's really no reason to push past that anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love, but, and I'm sure you've experienced this in jujitsu. Anytime you end up in all male groups, and this mm-hmm. is not a dig at females, we like to bust each other's balls. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so they're all way more athletic than me. So the mm-hmm. only thing I have is that I can outlift most of them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And talk shit. And talk shit yeah. while I'm doing yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny it's yeah. true though that's, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a big part of it yeah do you notice like on that subject similarly mm-hmm. is there a lot of mental training that happens here like or is that more like when i say that i mean like do you find because there's a lot behind that question in other words mm-hmm. that like i notice because i would imagine a lot of the guys training here are pretty young so yeah. like they're probably like 23 they're like uh, maybe there's yeah. some in their yeah you have someone stuff. yeah Probably 23 to 29. 23 to 29. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I noticed with the the guys who are like between 20, 25, there's like a very different, and it might just be like life experience and maturity and whatnot, but there's a very big difference between the athletes that are 20 to 25 or even 18 to 25, and then the guys who are like 29 to 35. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, 
um, there's I always hear people clamoring for like mental training or like in other words that you should be talking to people more about like managing anxiety before a tournament or a game yeah. or these kinds of things or like kind of how to how to perform on game day yeah or that, that I guess that's what I mean more by mental training so I'm actually of the belief that the second an athlete turns to a sports psychologist they're done oh interesting uh, and that's been my experience with mm-hmm. athletes I've trained uh, typically the second an athlete starts to I mean we can look at George, George St. Pierre yeah yeah the second he started to doubt himself, he went down the road. Yeah. A, a large part about of being a good athlete is being way overly confident. Yeah. I mean, it's believing that you are better than you actually are. Yeah. Um, and you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a real, you know. It's uh, true, yeah. It's a real grind. And um, and being selfish, too, I think. Yeah. You, yeah. you need. Well, I don't even like using the word selfish. Like, yeah. people sh- your support system should support you. Yeah. Uh, if, if we look at um, the mountain, Thor. Mm-hmm. You look at his performance before his his wife started managing all of his flights and making sure yeah. his foods were ready and all of these things before he started talking with Stan about about proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. It was not like his. I mean, since he worked with Stan and Stan kind of set up his network to yeah. to help everything be taken care of for him. Now he's won, I think, five in a row, four in a row. He won. He <clears throat> he won two Arnolds in a row. He got third this past year at World Strongest okay, so Man. He got he, first so the year think before. Got, but I mean, like, overwhelmingly Yeah, dominant. he's been dumb. Yeah, over, I mean, he yeah. put Brian Shaw in third place for the last yeah. five, six years. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if you are the family of an athlete and you and they have a chance of really performing well, there's a, let's be real, there's a lot of athletes that are never going to go anywhere. Yeah. And that's okay that you just yeah. enjoy a hobby. Uh-huh. Um, but if it's someone who's really has a chance, they really need a support system. Yeah. It's not them being selfish. It's that that's they need to, to focus it, yeah. on what is their job. Yeah. Because you know? at the end of the job, at the end of the day, especially with an NFL athlete, their job can end up supporting their whole family. Yeah. Real exactly. easily. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the same is true for most sports. You know? Right. At the top levels, most people are making good money. You know, right. Whether it be track and field. Usain Bolt is one of the highest paid athletes in the world. Yeah. Um, and all yeah. this is run. Yeah. Um, but I promise you he has a good system of people taking care of him. Yeah. So that's probably the better way to frame that question. Yeah. And I, I like just, to ask people that because it's like, I would never say I would do a specific type of mental training either. Yeah. But yeah, that, but with fighters, especially people who are getting punched, yeah. like I think if you have doubts, you, 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 you really you can't, should stop. You shouldn't step into a ring yeah. with another human being who's trying to kick your head off yeah. if you have doubts. Yeah. Um, I, I know you watched Joe Rogan. I'm sure you mm-hmm. saw when Brendan Schaub yeah. and him had that conversation. I remember that, yeah. He was going into the ring. like He hated going into yeah, the ring. Yeah, you could you tell. Sh- you too. shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, and Super I would, dangerous. Yeah. I would tell the same thing to a guy on the football field. If you're starting to have doubts, and in fact, I often try and talk them out of it because it's, it's a... It's a it's a really hard sport that's really hard on their brains. Yeah. And oftentimes you can see kind of the residual effects of concussions and stuff. And it, it just worries me. Yeah. So the second they start to have doubts, I'm like, bro, you made your money. Yeah, exactly. You're 29 years old and a multimillionaire. Yeah. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Go invest yeah. in stuff. Like, yeah. You, can, you, have, you have your whole life ahead of you and you're comfortable. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is great. Yeah. Be exactly. done with it. Yeah, you're in the best possible position you probably could yeah. be. Yeah. And you started off in poverty. You know, most of them start off in poverty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a multimillionaire now. Yeah. Go enjoy it, man. Right. And enjoy it, you know, like, enjoy your 40s with your whole brain. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. You know, yeah. The, I'm, I'm big on, <laughs> and in fact, probably to a fault, trying to talk them out of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk them out of... Out of continuing. Now, continuing. If they're, now, yes, if they're yeah, gung-ho yeah. about playing, I don't ever bring up that. Yeah. Discussion. Oh, of course. Of the course. second they come up to me and they're like, yeah, I don't know. 
bro, quit. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you won. Yeah, you, you don't have anything to prove. You won yeah. life's race. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I like that perspective. Yeah. But I think that's, I mean, uh, you're a great person to ask, especially for anyone listening who's kind of on the cusp as an athlete too. Like, you know, you don't. Have, I wouldn't actively think about that, but it, when, you, when you are at the end, if yeah. that's crossing your mind. Yeah, the second you have doubts, yeah. especially in a combat sport, yeah, it's time to step away. You, you don't need to get more damage. Like yeah. you already kind of gave up on the sport, right? You don't have the same passion and love. And the truth, like if you aren't super passionate about combat sports or football, yeah, fucking quit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Don't get damaged for something that doesn't pay your bills. Right. Exactly. Uh, that was always my uh, an issue I had with powerlifting. Mm-hmm. It's just like I probably could have done more in powerlifting if I was willing to get injured. Yeah, <clears throat> I was. That was never okay with that though. Yeah, because there's no money in powerlifting. Right. Exactly. So I want to blow my pec off. Yeah. And then I'm just injured for six weeks, and it yeah, it's done nothing beneficial for me. Yeah, and then it's messing up your quality of life and your exactly. ability to work so, at your normal yeah, job. You take your yeah. time with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that that's. I, I wanted to put that out there though, but just because I think. I like to get different people's perspectives oh, on sure. these types yeah. of things. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, in this day and age too, it can get like, there's a lot of distractions too. So mm-hmm. like if you're, if you are having those, those thoughts, you sort of, I would not that I think there's anything wrong with psychology, but I think yeah. that going and then introducing this whole other layer to the conversation when you're talking about sports with head trauma and, yeah. and all these other things, it might just be time to walk away. Yeah. I think the hard part is with combat sports, the money's not always there in the yeah. way that it is with football. Yeah, I 100% So these guys agree. have to kind yeah. of keep earning, or I think they do. You <clears throat> know? And, and then kind of the way their pay is set up oftentimes is yeah. you know, they don't end up earning what it looks like they're earning. Yeah. That's which the, I have a lot of issues with that as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know what the solution is to it, but I think it could be better for the athlete. Yeah. For the person risking everything at the end of the day. Right, you right, t- yeah. You take the wrong head kit from Mirko Krokrop and Yeah, exactly. That might be it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you see those guys. Like, Junior Dos Santos was, like, never the same after his Cain Velasquez fights. Yeah. And you see those guys that go to war. Like, Robbie Lawler wasn't really the same no, after his, yeah. um, like his title run and um, the Johnny Hendricks fights and the... What's his name? Uh, big guy from New Zealand, uh, um, kickboxer. Uh, not style bender. No, no. Uh, oh, it'll come to me. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just once you see it in athletes often. Yeah, they get cracked one. You see it a lot in football. They get cracked one good time. They're completely dead. Yeah, uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, after he got knocked unconscious, he was kind of weird. Yeah, that's what when he was when he yeah. was going like crazy in the media this past year yeah. I thought about that I was like do you guys remember that, that hit he took against Cincinnati like again football knowledge that yeah. I have these things but I remember <laughs> like I remember he got knocked out in the playoffs like yeah. cold like, cold yeah, yeah. And well, I, and like, it, I, th- I really think that in the future we're going to look back on this especially children playing peewee football mm-hmm. and we're going to be kind of disgusted with ourselves yeah uh, it's once once we understand CTE better and, yeah. and it's certainly like we look at like Aaron Hernandez who won I think we're going to find that a lot of these violent acts, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ray Rice beating up his girl. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not excusing these acts in any way, but right. at the same time, I think we need to acknowledge where they're coming from. And I yeah. think there's going to end up being a strong link to CTE. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to have to really reevaluate yeah. how important football is to us at that point. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Yeah. I think that's, uh, and that'll be interesting too, because if, if there is that paradigm shift, then you're talking about, these great athletes going to other sports. Or, or we just thing. take the helmet off. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, yeah. rugby has no CTE. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, it's probably much rarer. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're missing teeth, yeah. but, but they've got no CTE. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's... I don't know. I think that the... I think the solution is is not very clear cut, like you no, said. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's. I mean, it's, eventually we're gonna have. To, I mean, we're gonna have to have a discussion. You know, often yeah. as as we often do about things we did in the past. Yeah, we're gonna have to go. Okay, that was. We can do this better. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I even think about it in in jujitsu. I mean I've had a bad concussion in jujitsu before. Yeah, a lot of like, neck injuries. Yeah, the all the all these types of things and I, the guest I had on. I can't remember what order it was, but Ben Velasquez, he was a friend of Charles. Yeah. And he, yeah, um, I know Ben. Yeah. He, um, he, he's like a expert in TBI these days, yeah. like th- therapies related to TBI. Yeah. And, um, he was talking about how the integrity of your, of, of your basic, it's not just your neck. Like it's just in any position you have to be able to, um, to brace. And he was looking for some like indicator exercises that show that like, Hey, if, um, if you can't do X, Y, or Z, you might be at high risk for traumatic yeah. brain injury in sports that have high contact. You yeah. know? And he was talking about um, it, just how hard it is. Like there's, there almost really isn't a correlation, but we no. do know that yeah. there's a, yeah. Well, it's, it's been, an, and I think mm-hmm. it's probably why I'm uh, passionate about it with the football players. I had severe TBI in 2010 from mm-hmm. an IED. Oh, wow. <clears throat> right. I mean, I, it was scary what I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. I, just, I had lost almost all my short-term memory. Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> it was rough. It was especially rough. Like in combat, it was still kind of fine because I was so used to those motions yeah. that it didn't really matter. Like right. as long as I knew where I was going, we're fine. Right. That was when I got back and kind of like had some freedom. It, it was insane. And so like, I, I, you know, when I talk to these guys and I see their speech kind of slowing, and yeah, I'm like man, it's, I know that was scary for me. I don't want you to be forty, yeah, and be in that same position, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I had two specific co- concussions. I remember playing hockey, but I had a coach that was much more forward thinking before people even talked about that. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I remember I was kind of like on the ice, and he came over. He said, "What happened?" And I told him, I was like, "Well, I'm pretty sure I went head first when I just got hit there." And like right on the ice, and he's like, "All right," and he's like, "I'm gonna help you up." And he's like, "I don't want to see you for a week." Yeah. Like he, he's like, "Don't that, come, yeah, don't come to brilliant. practice. Don't yeah. come." He's like, but "That's all he said." It was like, "There's no discussion." He's yeah. like, "I don't want to see you for a week." And, like, and that was one hundred percent brilliant of him. Yeah. The unfortunate side is you don't see that often. Exactly. That's I mean, so go much look rare. at Pee Wee football and watch how often these kids go hard helmet to helmet. Yeah. They pick them up and they tell them to run again. Yeah. I mean, we've detected CTE in these kids. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 it's insane. Yeah, you only have one brain. Yeah. And when that fucking thing starts going, it's scary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel, yeah, it's interesting. It's been really cool to hear your perspective because one thing I always feel a little bit weird about is how the fact that I love combat sports so much and yet I also am like you and very big into the, yeah. the convincing people not to do these yeah. things when they would be for yeah. that reason but you still love it you make your money yeah. from it directly or indirectly mm-hmm. and it's like it's a little weird but yeah. it's like I guess for me my what I always say to people is I always want them to know what they're getting into yeah like, that, that's like, a, like I said yeah. I won't talk a guy out of it who's mm-hmm. who's 100% into it yeah but if there's doubt, then it's time to have a discussion. Yeah. Right? Because it's a dangerous place to be yeah. on a football field right. or in a, an octagon having yes. doubts. Right? Yes. That's not where you want to have doubts. Exactly. You yeah. don't want to be thinking about anything. You don't want to be thinking about your wife at home. You want to be thinking about the fight in front of you. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Otherwise, that, that dangerous sport just became even more dangerous. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I think it's, it's just important to have a real conversation. You know, if a, if a guy comes to me and he's like, "Hey, I don't care. I want to step in the ring no matter what." Man, let's get it. Yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best job to make you as safe as possible. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna increase your structural balance, keep your joints healthy. I'm gonna try and strengthen your neck to make sure you're a little more uh, mm-hmm. adverse to concussion. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do our best to keep you healthy as we can until you've determined this is no longer right. for you. Right. Um, I'm going to do the best to help you win and hurt the other guy because yeah. I don't know him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. It's, it is a, a perplexing like position to, because I, I love UFC. I mm. absolutely love MMA. Yeah. I don't think there's any pure form of fighting that's yeah. shown anyway. You could make yeah. MMA more pure, but yeah. boxing to me is boring. Yeah. I mean, no fight ever just has your hands in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's always a lot more to there's it. There's way yeah. more to fighting than that. Yeah. Uh, and I love it, but, uh, you know, and I, I assume that. Unlike cockfighting, these guys are choosing to get into the ring. Yeah. And as long as they're making that choice and, you know, they're getting in there and they have a good team around them that cares about them, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the case with a lot of MMA is that a lot of these guys, men and women, they get into it because they just really love martial arts. Yeah, I get it. And they have a competitive spirit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I do too, yeah. And then they get get into it and it just kind of keeps going and you get better. And then one day you look behind you and it's like, there's a lot of people you look ahead of you you're like it's not that many people ahead of me yeah, like, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden you realize you can make money from yeah, it you yeah. know and that's when I think the key thing you said the team aspect is yeah. huge that you have someone looking out for yeah. you yeah. Um, people looking out for the yeah, support system the, the thing you Your said about support systems they're huge yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, that's huge like we were talking about earlier with the shootbox guys who would mm-hmm. beat the shit out of each other a week before I mean look at how many of those guys make it into their late 30s fighting yeah into, even into their 30s fighting. yeah exactly um, yeah you, you shouldn't be trying to take any damage outside of the ring no definitely not definitely not <clears throat> well I've taken a lot of time it's been an hour so yeah. like yeah man I appreciate it yeah I mean I, we could keep going I'd love to do I, it again next care. time yeah. I'm in town sure, but yeah, yeah definitely yeah. man um, so as far as uh, if people wanted to find you online or anything like that how, uh, how do people get a hold of you maybe you don't want people to get a hold of you I don't know <laughs> I mean truthfully I don't, I don't post much uh, uh-huh. anything online I'm on Instagram at ZStreva Go to the Optimum, uh, OptimumEFX.com uh, website. Check out our mm-hmm. supplements. There's some really cool stuff that happens yeah. here. So yeah. check it out. Um, I know uh, Ian's done a few interviews on other podcasts before. So he has. He's, yeah. And I, I've heard him before. So yeah, you yeah. can look those out. I know he did one with Mark Bell. He did one with Mark Bell. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, he also did one with, uh, do you know Rodon Dubois? No. He's a really great uh, bodybuilding coach out of oh, awesome. uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has an Under the Bar podcast. That was a really good podcast where Ian kind of dove deep into the supplement side of things. Because oh, awesome. Rodon's uh, uh, followers are, are very deep into the bodybuilding scene and yeah. understand the, the chemistry side better than Mark's probably do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a great podcast. Oh, awesome. I'll have yeah. to check that one out. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's a real interesting guy. I've always I've always been a fan of his from afar. So yeah. check him out. Check the gym out. Check Zach out. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next Thanks time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. <laughs>